but <laughs> woo, I did. Um, awesome. Good. Good to be here. Anyone else notice Perno this morning was singing with a pick in his mouth? <laughs> I had to pick it out for him. Is there anything that Ryan can't do? <laughs> Talented. Anyway, good to be here this morning. Who's ready for church? Who's soaked to be in church? If you're not ready, uh, well, you need to get ready. Um, anyway, it is good to be here. And I'm going to not speak, hopefully, for too long. I'll have a look at the time. Because uh, last week I was, in, I was out on the creche. And um, you guys split up into small groups at the end. And we're actually going to do that again this morning. And I heard there was lots of life on that, so I'm looking forward to that. And uh, my sense for this morning, and I guess for the season as a church, the church that we are in, um, you know, number one, I think we're in a place of strength. Number two, we're in a season of more. And um, I often feel that, but I believe that God has more for us. And not just more like for you and me, but more together as the church body, as believers, as a group of friends gathered together, God has more. And number three, I think that's something for us to press into this season. And like so often, you don't lay a hold or grab the more of what God has for you without actually pressing into it. And pressing in sometimes doesn't come naturally to us. It takes a little bit of force, a bit of effort. It might take courage, faithfulness. Uh, we may need to let go of some things. We may need to lay down some things as well. And um, so we're all a fan of number three, aren't we? Um, Psalm 84, 5, and Patrick's got this. Um, speaking of God's people in the Passion Version, and um, I think like, there's a weight to this, so let's take it in. How enriched are those who find their strength in the Lord? Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Even when their paths wind through dark valleys of tears, they dig deep they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. They go stronger and stronger from every step forward, a.k.a. they go from strength to strength, and the God of all ages will appear for them in Zion. You know, the people of God, when we dig deep, instead of a dark valley of tears, where others only find pain, we actually find a pleasant pool. Wow. How good is that? A promise of God. And I just believe wherever you're at in this season, even if it's a season of pain, when you dig deep, you're actually going to find a pleasant pool. So be encouraged. That's good. I'll hand over now. Not really. Um, <laughs> but how good is it to be a part of a church where God's breaking out? We've got youth linking into church. Isaiah and Jordan are here today. Isaiah doesn't like if you call him Isaiah. Isaiah. Sarah learned that the hard way. So get that right with him. But it's awesome. Youth are linking into church. Kids are asking to be water baptized, which is amazing. Um, new people are coming into church. And this morning, prayers, like prayers are being answered. And I know for Rosie, we've had some pretty hairy situations. But the power of prayer has actually shifted what has happened. So let's be continuing to pray and be expectant. And I just really believe that despite what happens around us, the good, the bad, the ugly, strength to strength is where we're positioned and where we will go from. And the note of like youth and Friday nights, we started an alpha group. So I think some people, put your hand up if you've been to an alpha group of any way, short, a few of us here. So alpha is basically for anyone, whether you have faith, 
Christian, not Christian, no matter where you are in your faith. And we started a youth alpha group on Friday afternoons. Every afternoon, Fridays, 12 to 15 young people, non-church, unchurch, are actually coming along. And we, we couldn't see the weight of it until we did a light night, which is like our church nights at youth. And um, we went into praise and worship, and it was actually, we didn't have to fight for it. We stepped into it that night, and Sarah was there that night, and Rosie and I going, it's normally chaotic, but the young people, 12 to 15, probably 20 that night, hungry, stepped into something of God that night, and it was incredible. Sarah, 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 Sarah shared, um, and it was awesome. Anyway, awesome. So let's aim for 10 minutes, and then we'll split, but I want to share on a parable this morning and if you were to google what is a parable and i did it would tell you that a parable is a simple story used to illustrate a spiritual lesson um i think the good i think that's a good definition does everyone agree anyone object <laughs> anyone think it's a riddle <laughs> no um i think it's a good definition and jesus taught using parables he taught using stories to teach about god and the kingdom of god and reveal who god is but also reveal who we are in god um and occasionally a parable we used to provoke the religious people they wouldn't get it um and the cool thing about parables is not only did jesus taught he didn't not only did he taught using them um, and they're the words of Christ's lessons brought to the disciples, which is us. Um, it's that there's so much in them and we can get so much out of them. And yes, you know, the Word of God parables written 2,000 years ago, but they're relevant today. Humanity really hasn't changed much. Many things in this world can change, but, you know, God, the Word of God, His principles, His character, His keys for walking in fullness never change and um, will always be relevant. So, saying all that, um, I want to look at the parable of the talents and pull a few from there. So Matthew 25, 14, it'll probably come up on the screen. And it says, For the kingdom is just like a man who was about to take a journey. And he called, and he called his servants together and instructed them with his possessions, entrusted them with his possessions. To one he gave five talents, a sum of money, to another two, and to another one, each accordingly to his own abilities. And then he went on his journey. The one who'd be given five talents went at once and traded them, and he made a profit and made five more. Likewise, the one who had two made a profit and gained two more. But the one who received the one went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Not a good idea. Now, after a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled the accounts with them. And the one who received five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've made a profit and gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of Share in the joy of the master. Also, the one who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted two talents with me. See, I've made a profit and gained two more talents. His master said to him, Much the same, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been trustworthy over a little, and I'll put you in charge of many things. Again, share in the joy of the master. Now, the one who had received one talent also came forward saying, Master, 
I knew you to be a harsh and demanding man, reaping the harvest where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid to use the talent, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is your own. But the master answered him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap the harvest where I did not sow. You gather where I, and gather where I did not scatter seed. You ought to have put the money with the bankers, and at my return I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent away from him. So the talent was taken away from him, and let's read that again. So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who values his blessing and gifts from God and has used them wisely, more will be given, and he will be richly supplied so that he will have an abundance. But the one who does not have, because he ignored and or disregarded his blessing and gifts from God, even what he has will be taken away. And it goes on and says, The servant will be thrown into the darkness. Favorite scripture, there will be weeping of gnashing of teeth. <laughs> Depending what version you read. It's always a nice little um, end of passage, isn't it? So what do we think about this? What do we think about this? Yeah, that's good, Lenny. Is Jesus here just talking about money and being good stewards of it, or is he talking about other stuff as well? I think we get the picture, it's other stuff as well. And obviously in the parable, you know, the master represents Jesus, God. Servants represent us. Um, is Jesus talking about money or being good, and being good stewards of it? Yes, in some ways he's talking about money, and I think there's some good principles here. But in essence, in principle, he's talking about so much more. Um, Nicky Gumbel writes about this parable, a section of scripture, and talks about living a life of faithfulness, titling it, Use It or Lose It. He says, so Nicky says, God is so generous and kind, he gives us so much. A talent was a huge sum of money probably equivalent to 20 years' wages. Even the person with one talent was given so much. In the parable, the talent, and this is called the, this is the origin of the English word talent, so our word talent comes from the word talent in the Bible, represents not only your money, but your gifts, skill, your time, energy, your education, intellect, your strength, and I think it's talking about physical strength because that's a gift as well and a talent, influence, um, and a big one I think this is, your opportunities as well. Um, so take a moment and just think of that parable we just read in the context of all those gifts and talents, skills, time, energy, education, intellect, physical strength, influence, opportunities. So Nikki continues, be faithful to what you have been given. It's no good wishing that you'd been given more. You, simply, you are simply called to do your best, the best you can with what you have. To be faithful means to use the gifts and talents God has given you. And I am sometimes tempted to be like the third servant who said, I was afraid. We hide our talents because we're afraid of failure and what others may think of us or because of the hard work and responsibility involved. It's been said... The greatest mistake you could ever make is to be continually fearing you will make one. The servant who received five talents and the one who received two must have both had to risk losing it all, stepping out in faith, pressing in, use your gifts and risk failure. You know, Jesus says, in effect, 
what we said before, use them or lose them. If you do your very best with what you have, God will give you more. And he'll say, well done. Good, hey? So a quick few points I want to pull out, and then I'll hand over and we'll break into small groups. The first point, number one, everyone should get this. God is generous and kind. He showers us with his generosity and with his kindness. Number two, God, as evidence of his generosity and kindness towards us, deposits and places gifts, talents, all those things we talked about into our lives. Probably more examples you can think of when we break later. And not only just some of us or just a few, not just his favourites, but God has placed gifts and talents in all of our lives. No matter what you self-reflect and see in your own life, there's gifts and talents in your life. And when you break into small groups, if you know the person well who's next to you, why don't you tell them what you see in their life? Because I find it, I can find it hard to point out my gifts and talents. Rosie might find it easier. She might point out my faults as well. But that's <laughs> what you're meant to do in a good marriage. Um, but yeah, so we've all got gifts and we've all got talents. Um, I love in verse 14 it reads, God has entrusted us with these things in our lives. And I'll add, it's not, be, not just because he's generous and kind, his places in our lives, but because from before we're even born, our lives are marked with purpose and destiny. And aligning with that, he places gifts and talents into our lives as well. Okay, number three. You still with me? I'll just add, there's a verse in the Bible that actually says, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, that the gifts and the call of God is actually irrevocable as well. You can't return it. (laughs) can't exchange it. Uh, Number three. They were each given something accordingly and in proportion to their own ability. Firstly, let's be encouraged. We all have an ability We all have an ability. Second, God has given us gifts and talents in different measures. Some have five, some have two, some have one. We're all not not the same, and that's actually okay. You know, the one who is a two shouldn't compare himself with a five and the other way around. We're all different, and that's okay. It's meant to be that way. Which brings me to point number four. It's not how much you have. More so, it's about what you do with it. As what's deposited into our lives at various amounts, is marked with such purpose and destiny. It's not meant to stay at the proportion that it was given to us. It's actually designed to grow. And if we look at the third servant, he was rebuked and called wicked and lazy because he was actually called to be fruitful with what was given to him. So what do we do with what has been given to us? We actually become fruitful with whatever has been given to us. You know, number five, a key to fruitfulness, we can see from this story, is actually faithfulness. We're called to live in a place of faithfulness, and that includes being faithful with what God has placed in our lives. Servant one and two, what was placed in their lives? They received what was placed in their lives with faith and trust and commitment. Not like servant number three, who had fear and doubt and unbelief. You know, anything that God gives in your life is grown through faith. Number six, four to go. We're called to be good stewards of what God has placed into our lives. And, you know, what does that mean? It means taking care and being responsible. Verse 29, Jesus said, Whoever values the gift, the blessing, and uses them wisely will be given more. And I think good stewardship naturally comes as we value what God's given to us, the gift and the blessing, and we be wise with it. We actually are good stewards of that. 
That's how we walk it out. And fruitfulness comes from good stewardship. Try saying that word three times. Number seven, second last, accountable. Everyone's favorite word. As the servants were accountable with the master, with what talents they were given, we too are accountable to God for them too. And I think accountability shows, when you're accountable for something, it actually shows the importance of it. What are we accountable over? It's actually things that are important. And the gifts God's given to us are actually important to God. So we're actually accountable that we use and use wisely what he's given to us. Makes sense? The accountability lies with us. We don't ignore and disregard what God has placed in our lives. And number nine, last point. I reckon this is my favorite. Faithfulness, fruitfulness, and good stewardship stewardship, lead to increase. What we see in the story is that servant one and two worked hard. They pressed in with what they had, and they were fruitful, and increase came from their hard work, diligency, and all those things. But not only did an increase come from all their hard work, their faithfulness, fruitfulness, and good stewardship actually reaped a reward at the end. The story says, to those who use well what they were given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. Something of increase is unlocked as we're faithful, fruitful, and responsible with what we are given. And it's an increase that doesn't come from all our hard work, all our effort, it actually comes from that work through the goodness, faithfulness, and grace of God. How good is that? And um, I really feel like for us as a church, that's actually a word for us, that as we're faithful as a group of friends, believers gathered together in the name of Jesus, that as we are faithful what we have, press in, take responsibility, don't disregard or ignore it, we're going to step into a new level of abundance something all our hard work and efforts could actually never achieve on their own. And if you think about it, and when you go into small groups, this will probably be more evident, we actually have a lot of strength. We have a lot of gifts collectively together. There's actually a lot that's held here in this room. And um, I could go on and give examples of what gifts and talents and opportunities are. And I might, I screenshotted a verse that I'll read that talks about gift and talent as some some examples. Number nine is not working. <laughs> Maybe, oh, it worked. Okay. Here we go. Let me hold it up. So Romans 12, 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift, for showing kindness to others. Do it gladly. That's good, hey? So summing up, and I'll hand over to Sarah. Just remember, gifts and talents, they're from God. And are always best worked out. One, in faith. Two, in community. And three, in relationship with God. 
And I find it interesting if you, you know, go home and read the passages before this, read the passage, the passage I spoke about and the one after. I find it interesting that directly after the parable Jesus teaches about, so the passage that I wrote, I read, didn't write it, directly. <laughs> Very true, Lynn. I'm not a liar. Directly after this parable, he talks about another parable. And he actually talks about the sheep and the goats and separating them. But he talks about how we as a church are called to demonstrate the love of God by reaching out and impacting others. Uh, The least important we're called to reach. And he says, For when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you saw me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When you saw I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when you saw me poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And it makes you think, maybe these gifts and talents aren't just for us, they're placed in our lives for a reason so that we can actually fulfill that section out as well. Um, You know, maybe, and I think this is it, the gifts, talents God's placed in our lives, one, are to glorify him, and two, uh, build his kingdom. And uh, linking to what Josh spoke about last week, fulfilling the God dream that God's given you, maybe, just maybe, the gifts and talents he's placed in our life and those around us are actually part of the plan of seeing that God dream fulfilled. So... Hand over, small groups. Awesome, you ready? So good, thanks Dino. And as Dean said, we did split into small groups last week and we spoke about the dreams that God had put in our heart and so many people afterwards were just so encouraged and just raved about how they were able to find out new things about people they didn't know and it was really uplifting and I think it's powerful when we minister one to another. So we're going to do that again this morning and yeah, have a talk about that scripture if you want to open it up and look through it again or you want to talk about maybe what you believe God's put in your life and how you're using that if you felt challenged in any way as Dean said if you don't know what God's given you what your gifts are someone else um maybe may they encourage you encourage one another and yeah we'll just do that for 10 15 minutes if you need to go though feel free to go Uh, as we said last week if you don't like the person next to you move across the room (laughs) make sure no one's left out get into groups of whatever size and um, yeah have a chat maybe have a pray and then yeah awesome thanks Dino